0: Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We we'll hope you dig it. All right, so I want to start off today um, with a scripture. Probably a whole lot of them, but we'll start off in Ephesians 3.14 if you want to open your Bible to that or your phone or your tablet or whatever. Um, but I am going to read it out loud because I think it's, it's vitally important for us in walking this mission that we've been given in the earth, you know, and beyond. And so it's Ephesians 3.14. It's a few verses. And we will see this triune, trinity, God, Godhead, the fullness of this reality as we are meant to. Um, but it starts off... written by a fellow named Paul, really by the Holy Spirit inside of him, and it says this, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, so we have Father, we have Spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ, which is Son, may dwell in your hearts through faith, That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all of the saints. It's a team game. What is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. It's beyond your brain's ability to even comprehend because it's so incredible and that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. So there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, you know, you know, King James kind of added a little some words in there. I bow my knees before the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, which isn't really in there, but it's it is saying that. And, but there's something that I was really highlighted about the kingdom of heaven. This the church is called to be the embassy of heaven and the earth that establishes the culture and reality Of that which is in heaven, it binds that which is not allowed in heaven on the earth and it looses that which is loosed in heaven in the earth. That's the point. In the mission statement, Jesus said, and the gates of hell won't prevail. The first time he even mentioned church, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail. It literally exists to do war against darkness in the world. You know, Unarguably. I mean, that's what came out of his mouth and what he demonstrated constantly. And... um, But there's something, too, about this military, this army, this uh, it's really more like a gang, you know what I mean, that Jesus came to start and did start in the world that he calls church, Ecclesia, this this governing body that has the ability to come into, into agreement, to gather together, but also be of one mind to come into agreement with this reality, the fullness of what Jesus paid for, and cause it to be established in the world, you know. And it's not like the old crusade days where we go in military conquest and force people to bow down to what we believe in if they don't believe it. It is the life and love and freedom and wholeness of God, people that were willing to lay down their lives in order in, to impart life and love to other people, you know. And it says, I, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, you know. And so there there we have, the Calvinists will have an issue, but they can't really because it's in the Bible and it's in there dozens of times, but the reality is, is that heaven is a family. This gang, this army, it's a family. This government is a family government. And the wholeness of relationships and families and marriages and friendships, all these things is a number one priority of heaven and it manifests on the earth through the wholeness of the family on the earth. You know, the, One of the very things that the enemy is so so uh, deceptively as trying to pour divides against and twist the image of in the world today. Um, But the reality is like, I love that verse, the verse 15 about the father is that every family in heaven and on earth derives its name from it, you know, and, you know, father, in, in Greek there, and then family, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a link off the same word, but it's saying lineage. And it's this, this gang, family of people, that understands that every lineage and every family in the world is actually from him. And it's not like, well, some of us are and some of us are not. That's what racism looks like. You know, it's, it's this elitism or like, well, we have it and they don't it's it, the reality is it's seeing everybody as the family and that's what the bible is saying here it's like every, every lineage every family that word is often translated lineage it derives its lineage from the father of lights like every, every, if you can see them they're from him Amen. you know what i mean like that's that's the deal and I think a fearful mentality, which, you know, all racism and, and all that kind of stuff is, is fear of somebody that's different. And so we have to somehow see how they're different than us and how we're better than them somehow or superior or whatever. You know what I mean? And, but in, in reality, like God sees none of that. Zero of it. You know what I mean? And He comes shattering grids on a constant basis. You know what I mean? Like every grid of separation... Jesus breathes his last breath, Matthew 27, 51. And that curtain that separated the holiest place that only the high priest could go in once a year ripped from top to bottom. So separation was on the agenda. First things first. Boom, he caused that thing to rip. Like separation doesn't exist in me. That was from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You thought it was me, but it was not me. You know what I mean? Like all, all of your grids of separation, I don't want them. I don't like them. They're not from me. Well, what about all the lineages in the nations of the world? Well, if we, you know, you've been here long enough and we've done this De- Deuteronomy 32, this you know, Genesis 10 and 11, you know, the Tower of Babel that split all of the nations of the world under the languages and God chose one person, Abram, called him Abraham and started a people out of him. But the reality was he was going to redeem all the peoples of the world because every lineage was actually from him. There was no division. That was in the mindset of man. You know, and that's why he reversed that. So we got Pentecost Day. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, we can, as Christians, we can separate between who's spirit-filled and who's not. It's like, you you can't really biblically. Well, that's the Pentecost. Like, no, Pentecost was the day where all these people were in Judea or were were in Jerusalem. And all these languages, which had been divided at Babel, heard their languages by the language of the Spirit. And God did the exact opposite thing. He started the reversal back then. He started the reversal. Hey, your separations? Like, I don't like them. Division is of the enemy, especially even in interpersonal relationships, let alone in, you know, what we consider like real major divisions between churches or religions or, you know, whatever. And Jesus is the only way, and people understand this, but the reality is he came to reverse all that separation. Uh Uh-oh. Amber. Amber's calling. Um... You know, and so it's like that's the plan. Think about this: who's the first? Who's the first quote-unquote evangelists ever? One was a lady named Potini in John four. But when Jesus actually resurrected, who's the first person that got to see him? The girls, the ones that weren't even mentioned in the Bible because of cultural separations that they had. You you know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's like it's like the girls got to see Jesus resurrected. Mary lunging, grabbing his grabbing his ankles or whatever, you know what I'm saying? He's like, go and tell the guys and Peter that I'm back. The girls were the first ones to, to tell the, the great apostles, the foundations of the New Temple, you know, all these different things. Like they're the ones telling, like, what does that tell you? Everything's strategic. He's like, hey yeah, your sec your sections and your divisions and all these different things, like I don't I don't play by those rules. Rule number one, let me pick some girls to go tell the big dog leaders what's going on you know what I mean it's just like he's he's breaking all these barriers and rules and things constantly you know it's hilarious it really it really and truly is but the gang itself the family is supposed to have this mentality it's not an anti you know it's supposed to see the family you know that we would have, what did we say in verse Ephesians three eighteen? To comprehend with all the saints, the breadth and length and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you would be filled with the fullness of God. In other words, the fullness has been poured out without measure, John the Baptist said in John 3. But it's, like, it's not we're asking for more. Or we need this outpouring and all this thing. It's like it's been given without measure. But he must increase and we must decrease. That which is not of Him, our mindsets have to be shifted out of the way to take on more of this reality, to know the fullness of God, to comprehend with all the saints, this unifying reality, the riches of the glorious inheritance that He's given us all, that we're supposed to walk in and realize that every family on hev- in heaven and on earth is named from Him. Does that mean there's other family members on the other side of the tracks? It seems to mean that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not to get to some Lord of the Rings creatures and stuff like that, but I'm just saying, you know, if you look, if you really look at it, um, but the but the the family, the family gang is like um, the CIA. You know what I mean? Of course you don't. That's a weird thing to say. Okay, so let me <laughs> let me back that up. You know what I mean? Amen. Like the ministry, this glorious ministry of the saints. It's like the CIA. It's this it's this undercover reality where you go throughout the entire world in your life and you step into your inheritance as a son or daughter, the blessing of, of Abraham, it's, it's said, the father of the faith in Jesus. It's like you step into this blessing and into this wholeness that exudes from your life and people actually want what you have. But it's not you go sell it on Instagram, you gotta take a cold shower in the morning and do 100 push-ups and read this many books a month, you know, all these little tricks. It's like, no, you have to be whole, you have to know the one who is wholeness. The bread, the wine, the covenant of communion, him in place of you, reversing all the things of the fall, The Jordan River, backing up all the way to a town called Adam. Every bit of the sin nature and Adam's nature that was twisted, even to the point of DNA that came in through him, you can disinherit and step into the inheritance of the Father, who's the Father of all the living. Everyone in existence. Or as, like like we said, in whom every family in heaven and on earth derives their lineage from, their name from. It's like that's the true name that you were from. That's the one you were from. That's the name of the Lord that you're baptized in. You're you're stepping into the to the to the inheritance to your true identity in baptism. You know, not, oh now I can I'll do this and I can be clean and be adopted. It's like that's been really lost in translation. It's never been that. It's stepping back in and uninheriting the things we were never supposed to inherit from Adam and stepping into our true father's inheritance. That's the whole thing, dude. You know. It's like CIA. Only it's not a secret. You know. And the government, you know, I've had friends that were like, you know, people I grew up with allegedly that are different agents. I've actually trained in fitness. I've trained undercover agents. You know what I mean? And it's really cool. And sometimes they're, they work construction. You know what I mean? Which they don't really work construction, you know. Um, they're, they're, they're telling those doctors their backs are injured to get the pain pills and, and do drug running and stuff, but they ain't construction workers, man. Some of the coolest stories I've ever heard, you know what I mean? In, in town here actually, but any, okay, back it up, back it up. Uh, you know, and they, or they work for the phone company. Wow. You're working for AT&T out down there in, uh, you know, you know he's out in new mexico working for at&t like oh really you know what i'm saying because you know it's like you know they work for the phone company they say and they've got some other gig going or whatever but it's 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 similar to that only it's not a secret you know we work we live in the air quotes watch out secular world which nothing is secular for a christian and the family understands their job which is to actually abide in this blessing and this inheritance because that's what christianity is But it's also to awaken other people to realize that they're actually welcome and not even more than, they're more than welcome. They already are accepted as family, you know. And instead of having like some fake cover job, like you're in the CIA doing all that stuff, um, we're actually called to just be fruitful and multiply to actually succeed in any area or field that we find ourselves in and demonstrate the benefit of blessing and abundance that comes from the inheritance of being a son or daughter of God. So life actually becomes evangelism instead of evangelism, hey, we're going to do an evangelistic outreach on Saturday afternoon. It's like, no. It's like, which you can do those things too. I mean, that's not bad, but I'm just saying it's like, but that's not, we don't sectionalize, if that's a word, uh, what evangelism is. We live this life and we always know that we're Undercover, but not so undercover wherever we are in our agenda is to awaken our family. Dude, you want to hear a beautiful, how incredible was their songs they sang today? Wrote both of those. How beautiful, man. That second one just, that's a hitter, man. But Isaiah 55, it talks about this code of, of the family, this reality. And it says this, 55 verse 1, King James says, Ho, ho! You know, that's like them charismatic renewal back in the day, them the nineties, dude. If some of y'all were around all that stuff when they would ho ho you know, anybody seen that? You know, I was that's before my time, but I've seen some I knew people that were involved with it. But anyways it says ho it might say low in your ho Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And if you and you who have no money, come buy and eat. That doesn't make sense. Yes, come buy wine and milk. Without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread or your wages for that which doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. (laughs) Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul will live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. That's what this is about. Come by and eat without no food. That sounds like your mom's house. Or your dad's, if you had one, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, it's, or your true father's like, Hey, James's dream. Come, come open the refrigerator and get whatever you want. I don't got no money. <laughs> well, come buy it with the fact you don't got nothing. And you're like, I but, I but I don't have anything to trade. That's the point. Inheritance costs you nothing, but it's like, Oh, <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> the whole coming, you know what I mean? Like that, this is a big deal. Come and get it. And then he says this. Surely, in verse 5, you'll call a nation you don't know and nations you do not know shall run to you because of the Lord your God. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts nor my ways your ways as the heavens are higher than the earth so my ways are higher than your ways it's like it's brilliant you've thought i think a certain way but it's not the way i think you've you, you've associated the, the poisonous fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and it's become your grid of understanding me and i'm not the bipolar good and evil god i'm not good cop and bad cop jesus is the fullness of deity embodied and he never struck a person back He's only love and only light, and the light manifested in the darkness, but the darkness could not comprehend it. it. It could not understand it. It could not overcome it. But comprehends a good word. It could not comprehend it. It didn't know that was Yahweh walking around. It was the perfect, perfect trick. And he manifests himself to his kids, and his kids see him, and as they see him, they're transformed in the same image from glory to glory. Like, oh, that's what I'm actually like. You know what I mean? It's like something comes in. That's what I'm like. That's who I am. I'm in your image. It's like. Duh, that's what it was. That's what it always was. But you see this, Oh, you know what I mean? Come buy food and drink with. if you're hurting, hungry, thirsty. Buy it with nothing. Buy it without having money. Well, that doesn't make sense. That's the point. It's inheritance. It's freely given to you. Enter into that reality. And then once you have you will surely call a nation that you don't know and nations that you don't know will run to you. All these, all these divisions, all these people groups, all these cultures, this is the culture of the family, of the father's house. And they're going to run to you and you're going to be yelling ho at them. Ho! Come on in! You know what I mean? I guess. I don't know. But you know what I mean? You're, you're going to be lit up like that. And it's like, hey, this is the same game. It's for you too. Oh, a nation you didn't know. Like, you're totally different from me. But guess what? We had the same dad. This is awesome. It's a family reunion. That's what the kingdom was about. It's a family reunion, dude. That's what the whole thing was about, dude. It's a whole, the whole thing was about. And we are the agents of this undercover reconnaissance that brings the family of God back to the Father's house. And we don't do it by walking around trying to condemn them, telling them, this is what you're going to hell, boy, if you don't stop being so light in your loafers and all these different things. We're on this big box. You know what I mean? Yelling at everybody. Not us, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. I say us because I include our whole family, the church. And it's like we have this, oh, we got to be this way. we got to be distinct in the salt and the light. And we think this way, but the salt in life is that the salt enhances all the food that it touches. It preserves it. It doesn't, it doesn't, t- It ain't chip diamond, you know what I mean, everybody, you know? It's like it brings it in. And this is the life. This is what it means. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all that you need will be added unto you. That's Matthew 6, 33. It's Luke 12, 31, 32. And, and, And have no fear. Your father's good pleasure to give you this kingdom. The kingdom is a family business, you guys. And it is yours to partake of and to bring those in. Because his thoughts are not ours and his ways are not our ways. But we can have the mindset change, which is repentance, and reversal, which is repentance, to, to align up with his thoughts and his ways. We can know his ways. Like Moses said, show me your ways. It's different than just knowing about somebody, knowing their ways. And we're called to know him intimately like that and have that level of, of connection in the world. It's true. And understand, like, ministry... A word that I say a lot, and it really grosses me out, and it's become an idol, especially in our region for some reason, which is why I like to bang on it, Um, uh, it has been a trick, a trap, and it leaves young people often, I don't know what my next move is, I don't know what my next step is, because they've not been taught the simplicity of becoming whole in Christ, to where they manifest that wherever they go, and let the Lord add what they need to them. You know, it's been a trap, because it's all a game and it's all the matrix, And it's like once we learn to seek first the kingdom, we realize the things that we wanted and needed. Those actually, those things are added unto us by him, but we've actually, seek the kingdom means step into the family, into the family business, and have the same agenda that I demonstrated when I walked on the earth 2,000 years ago to us now. I mean, that's, that's that's what's going on here. That's the difference, you know. Our ministry is to be fruitful and multiply, to thrive. And I'm not talking about money, okay? Which I think you probably should do that as well. But I mean to thrive in wholeness in happiness in joy and peace, the essence of the kingdom, especially even in our family units. You know, and in our relationships to have peace with all men, to have this this essence that everyone's looking for who's led of anxieties and fears and pressures in the world. They see something different. I want what you have, you know. And this is that... Oh, you know, that, that's what Isaiah 55, like the refrigerator door, it ain't, ain't no lock on it. And there's no cash register next to it. You can step into this peace of God, into this wholeness, into this surplus and abundance, to have abundant, to actually bless other people and bring them into the same reality. That's, that's the life. It's the salt and light of the earth that actually light dispels the darkness that covers the earth. The principalities and powers, they call them. The apostle Paul calls them. And it's like, and that's truly what our ministry is. Our ministry is to step into the family identity and it is to be available. It's like, what does that do? What, what are those guys doing? What's that guy, Peter, that I used to know that was down in South America working for CIA? Don't tell anybody. But Peter, what was he doing working for the phone company down in, in South America? He was available. Was he doing cool CIA stuff all the time? No. But he was CIA and he's sitting down there and he was available for whatever stuff he was doing. Was it eight hours a day? No, he had to look kind of normal most of the time. You know what I mean? But when his number got called, he had to knew what he had he had to do what he had to do. Oh Peter. Everybody thought oh, Peter was so weird, but it's like, no, Peter stepped into the coolest job anybody in Titusville, dude, where I'm from. But anyhow. This isn't about Peter. It actually can be about Peter. Maybe it's the Bible Peter. Maybe we'll talk about him. I think we will actually. Uh, that's a different Peter that I was talking about. But anyhow, CIA Peter. <clears throat> but anyhow, it's, like, it's, it's the same thing. To, to be available to God to call your number at any given drop of the hat. To be fruitful and multiply, going about your day, living life with the Lord in relationship. Not always like, what's my next move? What's my next move? Lord, what am I supposed to be? My needs aren't met. All this messy stuff. And where's my ministry going to happen? It's just like, hey, your ministry is like right where you are right now in the moment. It's right now. And the doors of your true ministry, if it's biblical, will be opened by being faithful in the right here and the right now, man. In your own circle, in your own family even. In your own relationships. That's the deal, man. I could do so many, but I am trying to I'm trying to keep this one today a little bit, a little bit tighter, 35, 40 minutes. So um, I'm gonna do somebody who was available. Um, and it's it's important, and I kind of am flipping a coin here and just gonna pick one, but it's important the story of Acts chapter 10, because this, this encompasses everything we're talking about today. It encompasses that Ephesians 3 every lineage and every person of the world derives their lineage from the father. Like, Oh, wait a second. All of your divisions, none of it was real. And this is another one of those. It's very similar to, you know, name it, the the girls at the tomb and tell being the first ones to go tell the guys this, the first messengers. That's so great. You know, um, it's also very similar to, um, you know, the book of Acts, you know, chapter 2, the, the reversal of the Tower of Babel and all the tongues and all the languages and all that stuff. But Acts chapter 10 is something very interesting and it starts off and it's so bizarre. But an, a man named Cornelius who is simply being available. And this was before he was even fully understanding that he was, this is one of our brothers in the family, but he doesn't even know that he's in the family, right? And um, so it's funny to kind of look at, to look at him and see what, it, what he was doing. So if you want to flip it over there to Acts you know, chapter 10, it's a centurion named Cornelius, which means he has called the Italian regiment. So he's a Roman. It's, it's very distinct that he's not a Jewish guy. He's got 100 soldiers under him. He's a high-level religious leader. He's most likely very wealthy. It says he was a devout man who feared God with all of his whole household and gave alms to the people. He was generous, and he prayed to God always. And it says about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel, and it spoke his name. It came in and said, Cornelius. It says when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? Or look, what is it, Master? said your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God, so send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging with another guy named Simon, who's a tanner, he's a leather worker, and his house is by the ocean there, by the sea. And it said the angel who spoke with him departed, and some of his household servants came in, and he told them like, yo, this is what we gotta do. So this is strange. But here's somebody in the CIA, kind of, who has a connection to God but doesn't even understand anything about Jesus or even about the New Covenant. But but he's, he's on the track and he's connecting and he's out of this relationship. He's doing generous things. He's living this certain way. He's blessing people. And an angel shows up while he's praying, seeking a God that he doesn't even really know very well. But something in his heart was coming after him. It's very similar to the, remember when we did Romans 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The word of Christ is actually there. And then he goes on to say, have they not all heard? and Yes, yes they have all heard. You know, the stars of the, of the heavens, the Psalm 19. so, Anyways, it's like this picture of this guy that's like faith comes by hearing, but hearing by the word of Christ, have they not all heard? Yes, they have all heard. It's like, it's like he's heard something in him knows without fully having the knowledge and understanding about who Jesus truly is, the manifestation of God in the world. I think that's so beautiful. And he's sitting there praying, and it's funny the way it words it there, but he gets freaked, like super freaked out, because I don't think he was expecting an an angel to show up in his house in this vision. (gasps) And talk to him. And call him out by name. Hey, Cornelius. Like, yes? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's unnerving. So he has this weird experience. I need you to go talk to this guy. His name, is, his name is Simon, and he's standing at a guy named Simon's house. So Simon's at Simon's house, and go get, he needs to talk to me. Okay, so that's the deal. You know, He's staying in a town called Joppa. It's like Joppa. This town where Simon, whose name's been changed to Peter, some people call him Simon Peter, he's just had these two really miraculous events with a guy named Ineas and a girl named Tabitha. And, and he's seen the power of the new covenant setting in, and it's really brilliant. So he's actually staying there in Joppa, which is, you know, Joppa's a real interesting city. Because I don't know if anybody, I was talking to Nicole about this. Like when I was a junior in high school, we used to read like, we had to read like Greek. Gods and stuff anybody else had to do that like Dante's Inferno and these these weird little Greek stories or whatever so these Nephilim monsters, you know um, But Joppa the story. There's a story called Andromeda, which maybe some of you all will have heard that in Greek mythology and um, There's this there was a, The story of Andromeda was she was a beautiful daughter of a queen and a king of Ethiopia, which was Philistia And the queen was very vain and started boasting about how beautiful she was. And she was more beautiful than the nymphs, the you know, the the Nereads and the mermaids of the ocean or whatever. And it made the god of the ocean, who's called Poseidon, really angry about it. For some reason ticked him off because that was his beauty squad, I guess. And so what she did is she decided she was gonna sacrifice her daughter on this rock there at Joppa on the on the coast. And so she chained her up um, because they had a sea monster that was in those waters that you know, Poseidon had that would actually come and, and it was like, release the Kraken, that's what the Kraken was. So the Kraken was the sea monster in those specific waters that would come and chomp, chomp the girl down. Anyways, the story is she gets rescued by some, some you know she's a damsel and it's, it's this, this interesting story, but that's our history of Joppa. Now as a Christian, And as somebody who reads the Bible, we know that there's a prophet who's absolutely hilarious. One of the funniest stories in the Bible, probably named Jonah. And he's the most sour, surled up, angry prophet because God says, hey, I want you to go talk to these Assyrians, Nineveh. And he says, how about no? And he goes to Joppa and gets in a boat and tries like, I'm getting the heck out of Dodge. How about no? He was so, speaking of, all the families of the earth having their lineage from God, he was so against the Assyrians. Like, no, I will not. And you find out later on in the story, he says, because I know that you're going to be good to them if I tell them that destructions come and they're going to repent and you're going to be nice to them. And I don't want you to be nice to them. And that's what happens with Jonah. That's his attitude. But we know the story. He goes to Joppa, gets on a boat, tries to go to Tarshish, and what happens? The Kraken, dude. The sea monster. You know what I mean? It's true. Same place. So same place as the, as the Nephilim Greek god story with their sea monster that's trying to come attack this girl. Jonah comes and, and the humor in it, there actually was a dang sea monster swallowing him up for a few days. You know what I mean? It's like, what are the odds of that? I, don't think that? I don't think that's by chance. So anyways, it spits him out and then he goes back to Nineveh. Nineveh repents. It's this beautiful thing. And when they repent, Jonah gets super ticked off about it. and says, I wish you would just kill me. I knew you were gonna save these people, <laughs> you know what I mean, and that's basically the end of the story. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty funny. But yeah, speaking of Joppa being this this public center of trade, um, right up, you know, I don't remember how many miles outside of Jerusalem I should remember that, um, to where this a seaport city and town that has all this weird mystical history, and you know, both with the Greeks and with the Jews and sea monsters and all this business. Here, Peter, who actually is known as the rock or the stone, not the rock that got the girl chained up for the sea monster, but he's called the stone, uh, Simon Peter, he's actually staying at that same exact seaport city. And what's also interesting, he has an opportunity from a centurion, a Roman, an Italian man, who's not Jewish, who, according to Peter's tradition, I wouldn't even walk inside of your house because that's unclean. It's like racism is just like built into Peter's belief system and he's the leader of the Jewish people, you know what I mean? It's like, golly, you know. Um, you know, so so Peter has that mindset, and you're watching this movie if you're a Jew and you're like, like, they're gonna come and ask Peter, who's leading the free, you know, the, the Christian world, but to the Jews really, and this guy's sending to Joppa and asking the stone to come talk to him. And now Jonah would have been like, "Actually, I'm not coming to talk to you. I don't like you. I've grown up with all you Romans in my neighborhood and oppressing us, and I don't like you, and I hope you die, and I'm not going to talk to you." That's, that was the attitude. Peter's was different. But Peter was being available, because he's a CIA agent, just like all of us, in the middle of the day, because he was on his lunch break, right? And you know the story of Acts 10? Um, um, you know, he's there lodging with Simon. And um, he has a very peculiar vision. And it says in Acts 10.10, 10, and this is happening while the soldiers are coming from the centurion to go get Peter, which would appear to be very sketchy. Hey, there's some Roman, there's some Roman soldiers at the door to talk to you. Tell them I'm not here. Oh, there is no Simon here. My name's Peter now. It's not a lie. I'm not coming, dude. But they're actually coming to get him and he doesn't know it while they're on their way he's up on the housetop about six hours so it's noon it's about lunchtime and it says it says that Peter was very hungry and wanted to eat but they were making food ready so he, and while he was upstairs on the roof he fell into a trance that's acts 1010 it's it's hilarious to me that kind of detail is in a verse it's like Peter it's trying to say like, hey, this wasn't like some spiritual hour or some devout moment that was happening. He was actually really hungry, but the food wasn't ready yet. So he's like, well, I'm going to go on the roof for a few minutes and just pray to the, and just zone out. You know what I'm saying? That's literally what that's saying. And if you're a Jewish person, you might have a hard time with that later on when you hear what happens. Because it's like he was just killing some time. It's like, well, you've got to be really devout before the Lord. It's got to be at the witching hours 3 a.m., so you've got to beat the witches at 2.59. You've got to be praying this many times. You've got to read this many. We have so much poison in religion that tries to corrupt our minds sometimes. And it's just like, hey, this is Peter had a few minutes to kill. Like I'm going to steal off and connect to the Lord for a little bit because, man, I'm hungry, but it ain't ready yet. And he gets the most important message, one of the most important messages of all time in that random slice of time. And you, know, you guys can read this for yourself, for the sake of me not being very long with it. But he goes into this trance, and the trance is heaven open, and an object like a great sheep being bound by the four corners descending to the earth. And there were all kind of four-footed animals of the earth, uh, bees creeping things, stuff that was illegal for Jewish people to eat by their own laws and customs. And a voice would come out and say, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter, Peter was like, not so, Lord. Like, you know, like, I don't think so. You're like, yeah, this isn't. I'm I'm not going to fall for this, this test. You know, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice would come back and say, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. In other words, like, my ways and my thoughts, they're higher than yours. You don't think like me yet. I've cleansed these, and so you can't call it common or unclean. And to us, without the Jewish customs, that would would seem bizarre. But how funny is this, that the guy was really hungry. So God actually used, played upon his hunger pains in his stomach while he's in a trance. Like, you hungry? Get up and eat. (laughs) It's great. So this happened three times, which is three times means right now, two or three minutes. Uh, but while Peter wondered within himself what the vision meant, behold, the men started knocking at the door. They stood before, them. This, and they said, call Simon, call for Simon, we need, him. We need to meet with him, you know, our, our boss wants to meet with him, which most would have been like, yo, tell him I'm not here, hide me, is what you would think, but it says, while Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you, arise and go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. My question right there is if the Spirit speaks to you that clearly in English, right? Or Greek, or Arabic in this sense, you know what I'm saying? Hey, there's three men coming, it's okay, I've sent them, go. It's like, why did you have to do the whole sheet and the pigs and the animals? Could you just tell me that in, like, in my language, you know what I mean? But no, the language of God is always broadening our spiritual language. You know what I mean? We don't just speak to babies the only words that they know, we speak we speak intelligently to them, to where they learn and grow in their language. You know, unless you're one of those people that baby talks your kids like way late, and that's that's creepy and strange. But uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, so um, so Peter wondered himself. Okay, the Spirit said, "Rise," you know, So he went down to them. They said, "Hey, you know, w- w- we've been sent from Cornelius, the centurion." And he says, all right, I'll go with you. So him and some of his guys go with him. And they, they, they go on the little journey to where, however long it was, it, it ended up being the next day when he steps into their house. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. They walked into Cornelius' house. Cornelius, and he gathered all of his relatives and his close friends. So I've had this experience with God and you guys are now going to get the fruit of this deal. You know what I'm saying? And he was coming in. And next thing you know, Peter walks in and says, Cornelius met him and falls down at his feet to worship him. Like, this angel's told me to told me you're the one to come. Like, yo, thank you for... And um, it says, Peter lifted him up, so he touched him, which I love that. Because that's that's touching an unclean. That, that they, he shouldn't have even come into that house by their old customs. He grabbed him and was like, dude, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Don't do that. He said, I'm also a man. <laughs> like... Can you imagine this type of community? Hey, I'm human. It's okay. I'm a human. I know that angel walked in and scared you, man. But I'm not one of them. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, trust me. You know? Peter, out of all the disciples, they all ran away. Except for John comes back. John 20. He's at the foot with Mary. You know what I mean? All the disciples ran away. But Peter actually sold Jesus out. Three times. Denied him. You know what I mean? It's so cool the way God picks and the way God positions people. Because the other disciples were like, yeah, well, Judas doesn't count. Like, we all ran away, but at least we weren't denied. Like, Peter denied him. Like, dude, he denied him three times. Like, yeah, he was cussing too, man. I was like, yeah, he was. I heard the same. I just, you, know. you know, Peter, anyway, so, so Peter's like, yo, man, I'm not what you think. I'm just a regular guy. And then he says to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or to go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common and any man unclean. Nobody's inferior. That's his word. So I came without objection as soon as you asked for me. Think about that. He has this weird vision that seems to break all the rules. It's a trance. So it's like falling asleep with your eyes open and you're there. And now he's breaking a major rule according to a lot of his countrymen because he knows, God told me, no, God, he drilled it three times. (gasps) He walks in, go into their house and he's just thinking. He's not having to be in emergency tongues like Hyundai Hyundai, or like think like, worry, am I supposed to be here? I I know I'm not supposed to be here. Is this guy going to kill me? It's like, no, the Spirit's told me to be here. And like, you're going to a Gentile's house? And it's like, oh. He's like, no, they're not Gentiles anymore. This isn't separation. That stuff was, that's, that's our ways, that's not God's ways. We've had it all wrong, because he's not like that. And he's bowing down like, hey, don't even look up to me like that. Let alone, I used to not think I could even come into your house, be around with you, but God's told me that that was wrong every family every lineage under heaven derives its name from our father and you're my brother so what am i doing here you know and of course Cornelius is like man i was praying at this time this angel showed up to me he told me to call you in and you know he it's it's he told me where you were your name is Simon Simon by the sea it says peter opened his mouth and said in truth i perceive that god shows no partial no Partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works right, righteousness is accepted by him. It's like, it's like his grid was being shook to all the divisions and all the weird things that we have between people and other things and all that stuff because he was available on his lunch break and Cornelius was available on, uh, and he, on one afternoon randomly pursuing a God he didn't fully even know yet. They were available. They realized the true agenda of heaven was that the family's on the earth and it's time to recover them. And that's your purpose and mine. The family is alive and on the earth. And Awaken O oh Sleeper is like, hey, it's not the Jew. We ought to pray for Jewish people. It's, it, is about, it is about the people are asleep to the fact that they've been redeemed by the one. You know what I mean? And they are in the lineage of their true Father, created in His image. And someone has to demonstrate this reality and awaken it. And that is evangelism. It's been made something it was never meant to be. It is the, it is the job, it is the undercover, if you will, not so secretive job of every believer. To preach the acceptance of the adoption of the sonship of God to all mankind. And that's real. And I love that there, there were, you can read Acts 10. I'm just going to close up there, but you can, you can kind of read it, but they were actually speaking these things. And um, he talks about Jesus. He tells them the story of raising, tell them like, yo, we even ate and drank with him after he raised from the dead. You know what I mean? We gave him honeycomb and he ate it. He cooked his breakfast on the beach. He's alive, baby. He did not, he died, but he came back. He's telling them all the story. And to him, all the prophets, prophets, witness, That in everybody who believes on Him will receive the remission. It's reversal. It's that reversal we were talking about all the way back to Adam. Like all the lineage, everything that comes in through the fall, every sickness, every disease should not be compatible with you as who you truly are. And this is the new creation. Christ within you is the hope of glory. He's explaining this stuff to them. And they all start speaking in the words of the Holy Spirit and and going wild. My, My translation. While Peter was still speaking, verse 44, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those there that heard the word. And they started to manifest that reality. The Holy Spirit baptized those people before they were even baptized in water. It says those of the circumcision, those who had adhered to that Jewish tradition their entire lives, all of them, were astonished. Because the Holy Spirit had been poured out to all of the Gentiles as well. This was very deliberate. You know what I mean? For they heard them speaking with tongues, just like what had happened at Pentecost. And the question of verse 47, I think it's hilarious. Can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? (laughs) You know what I mean? and then and so then they baptized them. so it's like that's how sharp these leaders were it's so brand new they're already baptized in the holy spirit like the 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 holiest place of the temple the holy of holies has already come inside of those people like there's no holier you can get to be to have god on the inside like hey like shouldn't that have killed them like no it's on the inside of them you know what i mean like if they're already in the place where the high priest could only go, they're already closer than even that. And we're like, "Well, dang." And they said, "Does anybody have a reason that we should be able to forbid them?" That's the way they thought. It's like, "All right, so we're breaking all the rules is is everybody okay with breaking this rule too, the baptized thing?" <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and they're like, "Shoot, like, well, I mean, it's kind of like a symbolic, you know, representation and you know, it's a, you know, they're proclaiming it to the principalities and powers. If you read the way Peter talks about it, they're, they're, they're proclaiming this allegiance of being crucified with Christ and that they understand this reality, but it's already happened to them. But I was like, but yeah, I mean, so I guess, so, the, so that means we can do it. Yeah. So they're baptizing these people like, alright, cool, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, so, 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 so I guess we're like, so we're like, you know what I mean? It's funny, it's like these old, like these racist people. <laughs> like, so, I, so I guess we're like, good we're like we're basically brothers like yeah you know what i mean oh man i was thinking of the dave chappelle show oh man that's no, don't talk about that remember when he was he's black obviously he pretended that he was blind and he was the leader of the kkk even though he's black and he's blind. nobody had ever seen that don't watch it so hilarious but that's kind of how ignorant it is it's like so like so like we can like yeah yeah, dude! <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so God's like, oh, so that was dumb. I know, that was so dumb. You know what I mean? But uh, here, here's the point of the message. There's so many points of this message, but one of it, all of the separations and divisions, none of it's from God. Amen. Bang! You know what I mean? So that's an easy point to make. Yeah? Throughout the whole, well, definitely girls. they got to be subservient. Like, they're the ones carried the first message. Like, oh, we can't do that either. Oh, man. So is there anything else? We gotta, is, can anybody else think of any reason while... While we're somehow, I'm somehow better than them, (laughs) you know what I mean? Well, the leadership is above the, like, no, no, like, they they exist for the equipping of the saints. So, like, they're actually supposed to be their servants. Remember Jesus said, watch me, like, oh, man, so I can't lord it over people? Like, no, he said not to lord it over people. Okay, cool, I guess not. You know what I mean? Like, everything we think that we see in the religious machine, it's like, yeah. Yeah, no, you can't do that either. You know, you might as well just love everybody, accept everybody and speak the truth of the gospel and actually live it and become free and whole and actually say, yeah, I can, t- I can take you to the source and I'm not the source, but I'm tapped into it too. And so can you. There's no reason why you can't be. And that's evangelism. I'm like, well, yeah, why not? Yeah. So we're experiencing this life and abundant life. The, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I give life and it's abundant. And so we're supposed to have an abundance of life in every season of, oh, it's a wilderness season right now, brother. Oh, ah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, hey, maybe there's a mind change that's needed to happen there to step into the reality of wholeness. Take the priorities of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Follow him in the family business of being in the CIA. I don't know what CIA, Central Intelligence Aid for. You know it's just an analogy. I know that you do. But it's like being in the kingdom CIA of just being undercover and looking to actually thrive in the world, make decisions. If God didn't tell you where to go, then just, just plug in and do, you know, do whatever job you're at. But actually look for the kingdom advancement everywhere you go, and that will result in advancement in life. You know? Like that was the point. He was reversing all the mindsets, he was using people that were available. It's like, but I don't feel called to this group or this people or this, that. And it's like, I don't know. The angel told you to just go ask for somebody named, named, named Simon, so just do it. Well, I'm not called to Gentiles. It's like, well, actually, you're called to everybody. But there's a guy named Paul who's super religious and, and Jewish, and I'm going to make him be called to the Gentiles specifically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was God's plan. <laughs> He's the meanest Jewish, most racist man. And I'm going to change his name to Paul and I'm going to send him to all the Gentile people. <laughs> That'll be awesome, won't it? Like, yeah, we'll talk about him later. But it's like he had to learn the same, the same thing all of them did. And all of us do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. If we're looking for our ministry, if we're shopping to get our needs met, to plug in where our needs are met, because we have this goal of ministry in the future and the way it should look, We've already departed from the biblical path of the kingdom. Already departed. And that's a real prevalent mindset, especially for some reason in this area. Ministry ends up being the goal. And it's like, no, losing your life is the goal. Losing your dying to yourself, because a dead person's never been offended about a darn thing or had any needs because he's taken care of. You know what I mean? And like living... Crucified with him and raised to learn and walk in his ways in life. And then looking to awaken the sleeping family everywhere we're at by love. And it's not even always the gifts of the spirit as much as that is the powerhouse giftings of heaven. And I fully believe in that. Many times it's the way we just treat people and exude, embody what wholeness and success looks like. And that's that's the point. That's the point. Yeah. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the reality of this kingdom and this, this great news. Isaiah's shouting out, talking about, Ho, oh, Lord, that it's free to step into the inheritance is the plan and purpose of the kingdom. And that you don't see any of the divisions that we see. And you've called us to be light in every sphere that we find ourselves. We, we come together in agreement with you, Father. And we, we declare, we ask and even declare that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on the earth, in and through us, just as it is in heaven. Amen.